Okay, now we're talking about passage of radiation through matter. Uh, so when these particles decay, they emit other particles. And when those other particles pass through uh, other particles, they can affect them. They can change them. Um, if they knock an electron out, uh, it's, that's called ionization. And that changes the electronic structure. And if you remember from chemistry, the electronic structure of an atom is what drives most of the uh, chemical processes that, for example, our body relies on. So if you have radiation which ionizes uh, some atoms, you could have some problems in some cells. If you have enough uh, radiation to affect a large number of cells, then you can have uh, significant damage. Um, and so that's what this uh, first section here is about, is about ionizing uh, radiation and how it can uh, affect your body. Uh, and so then to measure or or uh, quantify this, we have dosimetry, which is 31-5, and uh, which tries to measure the uh, amount of radiation that uh, an organism or an object uh, receives. And uh, this depends on the activity, which is how radioactive a substance is, how many particles are coming off of it, which is uh, the traditional unit is 3.7 times 10 to the 10 disintegrations per second. And, uh, um, but the SI unit is the Baccarel, and that's just one disintegration per second. Um, so, uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so if you purchase a radionuclide from a manufacturer, what you care about is the half-life of the isotope, because if you want it to last 50 years, you want to make sure that you've got something that has a half-life much longer than that, uh, so that uh, you can still have your usable radioactive source. Um, so, for example, if you work in a hospital and you're going to do radiation therapy, you want a radioactive isotope that lasts for a while, so you don't have to buy a new one every couple of years. Um, so the half-life is important there. Um, now, the difference between being exposed to radiation and being affected by radiation is uh, the difference between dose and absorbed dose. So we use the Runt Gen, um, which is defined in terms of the amount of ionization produced by some amount of energy in the air or whatever. Um, what we do, the standard unit now, is the gray. Um, there's also the rad, um, but a gray and a rad are related by a factor of 100. And this is just the amount of energy deposited per kilogram of material. So it depends on the radiation that's coming towards you. It depends on your density of your own uh, tissue and that kind of stuff. So the amount of energy, uh, excuse me, uh, absorbed by all the different things can be uh, ca uh, calibrated and you can calculate what's called the effective dose. And so that way, when you measure, oh, I got this much dosage, and if you use REMS or sieverts, um, that is the corresponding amount that causes equivalent biological damage. So you could get more gamma radiation or less neutron radiation, but they do the same damage to you, so you'd measure it in the same unit of effective dose. So um, the sievert is the SI unit, REM is another unit here, um, and we use these radiation film badges to measure the radiation absorbed, um, and that's how a, an employee in a radiation zone might measure their uh, exposure to radiation is by using these badges. So I'll just make sure you understand each of these uh, concepts here. I'll read through that a couple times. 
Um, and then we got radiation therapy. So radiation therapy is um, uh, like a gamma ray, high energy gamma rays. The goal is to damage the cancer cells. And so wherever the tumor is in that area, you put a high dose of radiation. It damages both healthy and cancer tissue. Um, but the healthy tissue can repair itself. It might be scarred or a little bit different, tougher skin, for example, but um, the tumor is going to be gone. Uh, and all of the little cells, you want enough radiation that, and you, you usually give some time between each therapy dose so that um, you don't fully damage the area. So you, because one photon on one cancer cell will kill it, but the odds of hitting one are low, so you have to go back through multiple uh, therapy sessions to make sure you hit them all. Um, and you could just sit there and radiate someone for a long time to make sure you got everyone, but you'd do too much damage to the surrounding tissue. So that's why you go for multiple sessions. Um, tracers in imaging and research and medicine. So um, you take a, uh, a radioisotope, uh, you drink it, <coughs> and then the emission from the decays of those uh, uh, isotopes uh, show up on a camera. And so you can see um, what's going on inside something by looking at the uh, radiation that's being emitted. Um, so that's what positron emission tomography is. It's when you drink a radioisotope, um, radioactive sugar, and uh, it gets into the cells. The cells eat it. As soon as they eat it, the sugar decays radioactively and emits um, a positron, and then that annihilates, uh, it travels usually two millimeters or something before it hits a, uh, another electron, and then pew, um, shoots off two gamma rays, and then, uh, and then that shows up in the detector. And so then you can draw the image of where the tumor was from the, where the locations of the gamma rays come from. Uh, so it's pretty amazing technology. NMR or an MRI, um, they put a giant magnetic field and they flip the electrons between spin up and spin down. And the difference in energy there gets emitted. And then you have a, uh, an antenna that reads that emitted radiation. And that creates a picture of, the, uh, of what's going on inside the body. Um, so very good resolution. Again, the difference between an NMR or an MRI and the PET scan is that the PET scan will glow where there's cancer but the resolution isn't great. So with a, with a uh, PET scan, you can get an idea where a tumor is, but um, you know, generally, but not very, very specifically, whereas with an MRI, you can get a very, very, very high resolution uh, image of the tissue. And uh, so, uh, um, but you can't see exactly whether it's cancer or not, because it's all grayscale. So combined, you usually do both um, Techniques you usually get a PET scan and an MRI to get very very high resolution imagery, but then do the PET scan to see where the tumor is. The other difference is that, um, or I, not a difference, but nowadays the PET scans are getting very 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 good, and so their uh, the resolution is almost good enough that you don't need that MRI as a follow up. Uh, so anyway, but this is why sometimes grandma becomes radioactive, and they tell her not to be around kids for a little while um, to avoid that exposure. Okay, bye.